Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me is Rocket Superfan, an original Rockets Red Rowdy and a longtime friend, Maya, or as you know her on X or Twitter, Rowdy Maya. And it's always good to catch up with you, Maya. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. How are you, Robert? Good morning. I'm doing good. I, I I wish the Rockets were playing a little bit better right now. Um, yeah, that that's not been as uh, good as I was I would like. But you know, it's been a great season so far, considering what the expectations were. And before we get into what's going on on the court, you mm-hmm. had this incredible pr- perspective of going to so many games over the years. And I just wondered, from your perspective, what's the atmosphere at the games been like this year, especially compared to the previous three seasons? And how's the winds on the court translated to the crowd and the feel at the Toyota Center? I think the winning atmosphere is, um, it has improved attendance and the energy. When I'm at the games, people seem uh, truly invested in the team's performance. I think it was a marketing genius idea to come up with the Dunstronaut theme. That has taken off like no one really probably expected I mean, I think that is really energized the base where I see a lot more young people there. A lot of the Rocksteady fans, season ticket holder fans have been there for 15, 20 years are still there. But the base is growing. And I know that's just going to help us even more. I love to see young people there. That is a strong base and that's uh, energizing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I'm just kind of curious, is there any particular guy from the, the young Rockets that you found yourself gravitating towards as a fan? Or does it change depending on how they're doing in their development? You know, is it Jalen or Shane Goon or Jabari? Or is there anybody in particular? I, I wanted Jabari Drafter, so I, I paid a lot of attention to him. I'm really impressed with his growth, his development, the way he's approached this season, the way he just finds a way to, to contribute, rebound. I love the, the fact that he takes the shots that he takes, um, his mid-range. Is, is perfect in my opinion. It's something I would like to see him do more. I love when he cuts, and um, i like to see some more dunks from him, but he's doing well. He's making the leap from year one to year two, and I think it carried over from his summer league uh, play. I love Alperon Shingun. I really uh, enjoy watching Cam, and I'm in. I, those are people that I just feel like I want to see more, but I understand why they're not playing the minutes I'm in and uh, Cam. But uh, I feel like the minutes that they're getting now will help us in the end, and they'll be more of a contributor and uh, probably get at least 15, 18 minutes a game at least. Yeah, and Cam, it it could really ramp up here as the way he's playing and what he's doing right now. And it just feels like the more we see him, the better. And the quicker he develops, the, the more your ceiling is, the better that you can do by the end of the year with Cam doing well. I want to get to the nitty gritty of what's going on though. And and when you and I have talked, I get the feeling you're seeing stuff recently with Udoka's game plans that concerns you a little bit. Yes, I'm concerned about us giving up the perimeter threes. I know simple math, three is greater than two. So if you're packing the paint and switching and helping all the scores in the, in the paint, you're gonna have the three open. And it seems to me we've been helping off the wrong shooters. I mean, I, the Detroit game, we saw Stewart shooting corner threes. We saw Burke hitting threes from the same spot each time consecutively in multiple possessions. To me, you don't help off of those people. If somebody hit me one time with a three, I'm not going to let them hit him. Uh, Zach Levine was doing us like that. Kobe uh, White uh, 
I think that's his last name, Kobe from the, the Bulls, doing the same thing. Like, you can't keep letting the same people hit you in the head multiple times and don't make the adjustment instantaneously, not like in the third or the fourth quarter. You have to stop that in the beginning. Halliburton lit us up. Trey lit us up. These are players that are lighting us up, and you're not making the necessary adjustments. When we didn't have Tari and we didn't have Dylan, we still had defenders, or you still have to stop them. You have to stop them. There's not no excuse to not have a stopper in play, and you have to play them one-on-one. You can't help off of – you got to play stronger man-to-man defense. That's the bottom line. You have to contain who you're guarding and not when they're hitting us from the three. When that three-point shot is clearly going in for them, just – don't give up and help off those corner threes. Don't give that up. It makes no sense. Yeah, they, they they were doing such a good job of that early in the year. And it just seemed like all the details that you needed from the Rockets that we didn't see those three years under Silas, it's all that stuff had gotten so much better. And, and now it's regressed. And I, I don't think it's just the fact that Dylan Brooks is not in the lineup. Obviously, that plays a big part. But Mm-hmm. You know, this is not one guy or two guys. This is a multiple guys. And you saw it in the Boston game where, you know, you and I, I think we're both confused on the game plan there because they were doing a lot of doubling, which you can't do on Boston because they get they got shooters everywhere. And, and they're That's just true. It, it's basically yeah. target practice for the Celtics if you just leave guys open and it wasn't and working what- and they stayed with it, too. That's true. It didn't make sense. Like, I don't know if they wrote that off in their minds that this was going to, the way that the team started. We knew that Boston breasted they started the second half when they played against my uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. So they were going to be super fresh and motivated. We didn't have that energy. So why were you trying to help off or double team? I'm going to let Drew go off. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to pick somebody else. I'm not going to let, um, oh boy, Tatum just, just light me up. Jabari should have stayed with him because his of his length. He should have been defending him. I was a little confused that that didn't happen more often. Um, but they have five or solid four starters who can score and get buckets. If they don't match up problem, I didn't expect us to win that game, but I did expect it to be a bit more competitive. And I absolutely didn't like how we responded to their barrage of threes. That didn't make sense. We don't have the legs to shoot those threes when on a back-to-back. So we should have been attacking them more and going to the free throw line. I don't. I didn't see enough of that, and, and that's something you had control to do. You could have attacked them and drove more, and got in the paint and drove more fouls. That way, you could have slowed the pace of the game, kind of maybe took disrupted their hot three point shooting, but that didn't happen at all. I mean, like use what you do have. We we don't have the legs for those outside threes to be shooting and contending with them. So attack, attack, attack. I didn't see that, and I, that was I, that was disappointing. Part of the issue that I, I, I'm concerned about with Udoka is, you know, the defensive stuff, I think he eventually gets squared away. And part of it is these young guys and they're still making mistakes. And it's kids that, you know, you've got to continue to hammer it into their heads. And, you know, you wonder about some of these guys if this is correctable because, you know, this is not something that just happened this year. You know, this has been something that's been going on. And at some point, you can't just keep firing coaches. It's, it comes down to these guys and the guys that you have on the roster. But offensively, I, I am a little bit worried about Udoka, Maya. And I don't know if you're seeing this as much as I am, but I just feel like 
you know, I, I want to see more motion into the offense. And, and we, we thought we were going to see that with Udoka. And there are times when you see it. But right. it's, it's, it, there's also a lot of the pick and roll with Shane Goon. And I, I'm fine when, it's the, when the pick and roll is happening. But there right. just seems to be moments where everybody comes down the court and they're all kind of standing around looking at each other, even that with Fred, Fred on the floor. That's true. We don't move the ball as much as we need to. And in the times in the game when we are moving the ball, we go away from it like it didn't work. To me, that is the definition of insanity. When you keep repeating the same thing over and over again and expect to get a different a different result. It didn't work under Silas. It doesn't work in, in, under any team if you don't have excellent perimeter shooters. You can't just sit around and wait for that ball to throw, come to you. We do need more moving and cutting. When uh, Sangoon is at the top of the post and he's, he's looking for, he's actually holding the ball up, looking for a cutter. That's the only time it seems like they're really expecting the cut. But um, I noticed that Cam was moving a bit more. That's why he got a couple of dunk ins. Tari also moves and, and yeah. cuts, and sometimes Jabari. We just need that to happen more often, especially when we're at a standstill and our offense is getting stagnant. We need to play with a bit more pace. I think Fred sometimes go, runs down there. Nobody's meeting him down there. He's the only one down there. We have to play with pace. And I don't know what who it is that's slowing us up at times. I don't know what the problem is, but we need to play with more pace because that's when we get those easier uh, easier buckets. And you don't have to wait for the defense to set up. Yeah, and you mentioned Jabari earlier, and you talked about him as a cutter. And I agree with you. He, he is a guy that I feel like is looking more and more to cut to the basket, and he's doing that better. Mm -hmm. What has impressed you most about his development this year? We talked a little bit about it. Rebounding, you know, for sure. He's rebounding has been superb, superb. That's where he's finding that he can get a quick, uh, get the rebound and put get a quick pullback or a dunk or pass to an open Jalen or a Fred uh, for a three or even Dylan. When we start hitting those more and we start, you know, he his assist numbers will go up. He's, I think, a, a, a really versatile player. He definitely is rebounding more. And I think before the end of the season, he will average over 10.10 rebounds a game. I know he's at like 9.6 now or 8.8 .8. he's getting close and he has some games of course he didn't rebound as well but I think he has the potential of being a double double he can average 15 to 18 points a game maybe even 20 and definitely 10 rebounds he could be a that guy for us just like Al Perron is that guy for us yeah no it, it really if you look over the last 27 games I believe he is averaging 9.6 rebounds it, it, his numbers on the year aren't quite as good because of the first few games, but he, he took it up a whole other level. Mm -hmm. The other thing about is, you know, that I, when I look at him is him offensively. And really, I guess the frustrating thing is I, I, I so bad when I, what, what I want from him is when I see him shoot, I want to feel like it's going to go in every time. Cause I have that much confidence in him. And there was that mm -hmm. stretch where he had like three, games where he averaged 27 points over a three-game okay. stretch. And I thought, okay, now we're starting to see see him turn the corner a little bit. Maybe the mm -hmm. Rockets will get him the ball a little bit more. And it feels like there's it's it's hard for him because he's a rhythm guy. Yes. I don't know if you feel about that, th this way about it, Maya, but he's a rhythm guy. And the thing about it is in this offense, there's never like a consistency to when they're going to get you. You know, I feel like, okay, we need to start picking times where – 
okay, for a few possessions, let's try to get Jabari the ball. Let's try to get him. If he misses the first two shots, you can't right. go away from, just like you can't go away from Jalen or Shangu mm-hmm. just because they missed two in a row. I see more of him being a focus in the very beginning of the game. I've I've seen that happen multiple times. I don't have the stats on that, but of course we. I'm I'm on the eye test. I've seen him get multiple possessions. He started the Detroit game pretty strong. We had like eight, nine, ten, almost ten points in the first quarter. He was rebounding. He hit a three. He dunked the ball. I mean, he he was really aggressive, and it looked like we were focusing in on him. It feels like because we have the offensive skill set of of Shingun and Jalen and him, it's like you got to pick and choose who you're going to focus on that particular game. And depending on the matchups, that should be the focus. I'm not expecting him to be the focus every game. Jalen may have a better matchup. Shingun may have a better matchup. Shingun tends to have a better matchup all the time, to be honest. But it's just like, how do you divide the, the, the shot selections up enough so that he can stay in rhythm? And I think the best way he can stay in rhythm is by cleaning the glass and getting on the boards and getting those easy putbacks. That, that to me, is the simplest way to guarantee that you stay in rhythm if you stay engaged on the boards. Yeah, that the Pistons game, it wasn't that they were necessarily throwing him the ball. He had one on a fast break, if I remember correctly. He had mm-hmm. a couple of them were rebounds or putbacks or, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You know, I, I, I do want to run something past you that mm-hmm. it's concerning me a little bit. And it's Amen Thompson's game long-term that worries me. And I guess I didn't know as much about one of his big weaknesses going into the uh, summer league. And I didn't see it in summer league. So I thought, well, you know, I never thought much about it. But the hope with Amen was that, you know, if he's a lengthy point guard who's an elite passer and playmaker with Mm -hmm. incredible athleticism to get to the rim, then mm-hmm. you really got something. And everybody was aware that his shooting was poor. But what mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand, Maya, until I saw it play out, is how poor his handle is. And it's big enough uh, It's big enough for him to overcome the lack of shooting as a point guard, but the handle's a whole mm-hmm. other issue. The reason I'm doubly worried is we heard so much about the Thompson twins and their work ethic. They're, mm-hmm. they're a bit older than the typical rookies. And Maya, if Amen's working hard on everything Mm-hmm. But his shooting and handle is this poor, that's scary. I don't feel like his his handle is – I know he's had some turnovers, and I think that's a spacing issue. Finding, you know, he's a rookie point guard, and so the, the opposing team is going to target him. I think his handles are not as bad. I mean, he yeah, he's had some turnovers, but that's like – he'll get the rhythm. I think he'll get he'll get in game rhythm, and, 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 and we'll see that a lot less. Yeah, I just want him to attack more. And he's an excellent defender um, and rebound. So the things that any, I mean, yeah, we've seen his passing. I just feel like you can't really grade him right now. He's, he hasn't had enough games and he's, he's trying to figure it out right now. And I know because he is a taller point guard, it's easier for the smaller guards to come in and steal the ball or to get a deflection. If you're targeting him because you know he's young, because he's looking up and he's trying to pass, it's quite easy to get a steal from him and deflect the ball. But I, don't, I haven't seen him just throw the ball so many different crazy ways and it, and it, and it resulted in turnovers. It's more like someone is figuring out, okay, I, I, like when like when Van Fleet gets steals or when any any other player gets a steal, they know the rhythm of your dribble. They're going to anticipate that, and they're going to steal the ball. I don't think that's an issue. I'm not worried about him turning the ball over with the passing because he's a really good passer. I'm just saying, like, 
his hand, like Cam Whitmore, I never worry about him losing the ball when he goes to the basket in traffic. It's, it's, it's not happening because he's got a great handle and mm-hmm. they're not that much different in height. Look, Luca is 6'9", 6'10". You, you mm-hmm. never worry about Luca losing the basketball. He's got a great handle. It's like, th- this is what I see with Jalen. You know, mm-hmm. Jalen, one of the big criticisms of his yeah. early on was the guy mm-hmm. needs to improve his handle. It's improved yeah. Jabari last year, too. Jabari last year, too. You remember he had a lot of, he was getting the ball taken all the time. Yeah. I mean, and his it, handles were pretty suspect, too. So I think it's, yeah. Yeah, but I, frankly, I still don't think Jalen's handle is good enough. When he goes into traffic, he loses it. Sometimes it's because really his hands aren't that strong. It's weak. You know, he's mm-hmm. got to get stronger both hands and, and just physically and stuff like mm-hmm. that's part of it. But another part of it with both Jalen and Amen is just, you know, sometimes they'll just be dribbling a regular, you know, just what you would think is normal stuff mm-hmm. and they lose the ball. And I feel like right. Amen's, he, I almost feel like he's having to concentrate, not that it's like second nature for him. And it's like some, a kid that's like supposedly in the gym all the time. It's got this work ethic. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this stuff going to come? Is it something that just isn't there naturally? And it just, it's not coming that, just be, that ability to be able to do that. Because what if if he's confident like that, Maya, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, you know, don't worry about his shot. Because look at Russell Westbrook early in his career. You couldn't mm-hmm. stop him getting to the basket because of the explosion. And Amin's right. got the same type of physical explosion that, sure that, that Russ does, but it, it, you know, Russ had a much better handle, I think, early in his career. A lot of it is the speed. His speed, he's so fast. And then he has to learn how to handle the ball in traffic and handle the ball as he's coming up. It's just like the timing of it. I feel like it's more of a timing issue because he is so fast. Like De'Aaron Fox, in the beginning, he was so fast. He was, you know, making impulsive decisions or just kind of being a little too ragged with the dribble and coming it in and, and, and it resulted in turnovers. It's like you have he has to learn how to adjust to the his speed and make that speed gain speed. That's a lot for a, a young guard to, to 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 process. And he's only had maybe what twelve, fifteen games he's played. But I feel like it'll work itself out. Yeah, and, and, and it's really for me it's not just turning the ball over. It's you know, sometimes he just loses the ball when he's on a fast break. He'll lose the dribble Nobody's that's really near because he's so fast. That's that's what I'm saying. It's his speed, and he's been that. I mean, I just feel like yeah, it, it'll work itself out. Yeah, well, Russ was fast too, and I didn't. I just didn't see it. I but to they, me, it was, but they had different. They had different development. They had, they came from different programs. He didn't even go to college. At least Russ had a year in college. Overtime is not college, so let's not even compare that. I mean, this is that's it's collegiate. Uh, the collegiate level experience, yeah, I, th- I think it's um, even De'Aaron Fox went to, to, you know, played a year in, in Kentucky, and and look at, I mean, so they had a different level of experience than he did, and so I feel like we can't compare them. Yeah, no, I mean, overtime and G League and all that stuff, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not real happy with how they're developing guys, and you know, Cam Whitmore, it wasn't like Cam Whitmore had four years of college he had a year and he was injured right. for part of that year he didn't play a lot mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. young he's almost two years he's probably close to at least a year and a half to two years younger than than Amen is and it just looks like 
you know, his handle and some of the stuff about what, what he's developed in his game uh-huh. is not uh-huh. uh, the same as Ami. It looks a little bit ahead of it. And, and frankly, I thought, oh, Cam's going to take longer. He's younger. You know, he, he's got more to develop and whatever. And then uh-huh. as I've seen him throughout the season, uh-huh. it's very obvious that, no, Cam Whitmore is, is well ahead of Amen in a lot of things. Amen defensively, uh-huh. maybe is is better at times in, in some of his, you know, a little bit of his instincts. But uh-huh. other than that, on the offensive end, I would say for sure, Cam looks uh-huh. well ahead of Amen right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the way Cam is focusing on defense. He had a steal. I saw when he made that one mistake with DeMar DeRozan and, and, and falling for the punt play, he didn't do that again. These are things that they can only learn in game. And I yeah. mean, in the NBA game, they, they're learning. Of course, they did learn what they needed to learn and um, in the G League with the Rio Grande Vipers, Cam especially. But he also was playing a lot more minutes. We shouldn't even consider the fact that they were picked 1-4 and 119 or 20 or whatever. It's about their physical build and their skill set. They have different skill sets and strengths. I mean, they're just two different players. They're not the same players. So, yeah. Um, and they're not the same build, and they didn't have the same responsibility on their teams when they played uh, before they came here. So, I, I yeah, no, I, yeah, no, yeah, I know. I, I am very aware that it's going to take some time, and I'm not expecting oh. everything to be perfect. But mm-hmm. what I, I'm just saying, like from looking at you know, what's going on. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, Amen's going to, this is a long, long project and the time where he can help us. And, you know, I was hoping they signed Van Vliet for that contract that it's a two year with a year option. And I thought, okay, they're mm-hmm. not going to use the option because Amen will be ready within two. Now I don't think he's going to be ready to take I over do. as, as a point he, guard in two years. I think he will because of Van Fleet, having Van Fleet there as a veteran. That's That was why you need a veteran in him. Van Fleet, look how, how many years he sat behind Lowry before he was ready to take the leap. He didn't take that leap instantly. And he had the veteran point guard in, in Kyle Lowry, who's still playing to this day. It takes a minute to be that good of a point guard. But I feel like next year, we're and then the fact that he's going to have help, hopefully a healthy offseason, and he'll get all that in and some, some, some summer league. The leap that Jabari made from year one to year two, I feel like um, – our man will make that same leap. I actually do. That's why I'm not worried about him. <laughs> I'm yeah. not worried. Yeah. I Again, I just, I guess the worry is for me is Jabari was much younger when he came into the NBA and that year leap that he had, that Amen's older than Jabari, <laughs> I think, when he started this season. Uh, so I don't, that's, I guess that's my, I, one thing I do want to see, what, what I would love to see with Cam that uh-huh. they they just haven't been willing to try yet. But, boy, I think this would be real fun to watch. I want to uh-huh. see Cam run a pick and roll with Shangoon. Because we've oh, seen... Oh, Lord. <laughs> we we seen, have to get the Fred... We need to get the Fred and, 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 and Jalen pick and roll down with him uh, before we can start adding a third. I mean, that's... Well, that's, here, but here's my, here's my feeling, though. That's I mean, that's I mean, here's my feeling... I've seen Jalen do try to do pick and roll for years. And with Jalen in the pick and roll, I, I mean, I just don't feel like anything changes with Jalen. I don't feel like much gets better. I mean, he's 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 good at passing the ball to Shangoon when he drives to the basket, but mm-hmm. there's issues with Jalen and Shangoon in the pick and roll. And one of the big issues is frankly, he's not a good shooter. 
So imagine, okay, now that with when it's Cam and Shangun running the pick and roll, Cam's a way better three-point shooter, way more confident three-point shooter. A lot of times you'll see Jalen take the pick and they they play off him. They play, they play low on him because they're like, mm-hmm. well, go ahead and take the shot. And he won't. Right. He won't. He'll dribble, 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 dribble. Right, and it's one right, of the things right. that bothers me about Jalen. Cam, if you mm-hmm. if you just say, okay, we're gonna go under it and we're gonna let you just have a wide open three, he's gonna bury those. Yes. And it's an interesting, you know, observation. And I don't disagree with you that if he they're not gonna go under him once they really feel like I think he's already getting a little bit of buzz and attention now. So they're not gonna go underneath him if if that happens. So but I mean, hey, it's some things in our offense I would like to see us do more and that's more movement, more ball movement, like we said before. I love the way Fred is running our offense. I would like to see him off the ball a bit more and with Jalen driving and attacking. Those are the things I feel like Jalen does well. He is getting more free throw attempts and he um, he's just got to settle in on tightening up his grip when he does go in the tracker because he, he tends to fumble the ball quite a bit. And that's something that I want to see him work on. I try not to be too critical of Jalen because I think he's still trying to figure out, figure out how he can thrive with Sengun in the backcourt with uh, Fred Van Fleet. Um, he had a completely different scene the last two years, so he also is making that transition. We see sparks of it coming together, and then we see days when it's not coming together. And, and I mean, that's just, he's inconsistent. Well, I guess the last thing we'll, we'll talk about just real quickly is Tari Eason. God, we oh need God. him. We need to get him back. I mean, t- to have him back on the court, it's so frustrating because he's so fun to watch, Maya. He is the Mario Ellie of our team. He is that guy who makes such an impact that everyone wants to see him play, including the team and including him. And I feel like what we don't know the extent of his leg injury, but at the beginning of the season when he was sitting, I feel like um, maybe the medical staff didn't fully know what kind of pain or discomfort it was causing him. I think, you know, recently they disclosed that he said he was minimizing the pain. If that is the case, then it's something that structurally that they can't really see is it getting worse or better. And he could have easily aggravated it during one of those games. And that's why he's sitting down for a longer stretch now. I feel like they're managing his injury as best they can because when the patient, sorry, is not honest or, or minimizing Maybe he's in denial about the extent of his injury and because he wants to play and he wants to be on the court so badly. If that's the case, then I, don't, I feel like the team did what they could do. And now they're sitting him for a longer stretch. Hopefully we'll see him in the next couple of weeks. But if he doesn't come back before the All-Star break, I'm okay with that because we need him to play with an uncapped minutes, not that every other game off. We need him to be at 100%. Even having him at 50% is not, not going to work. We need him at 100% because he's so critical. I think he has probably one of the best top plus minus in our in our group. Yeah. He's so critical to us. And we won't go far without him being healthy. I just hope that he is upfront about what is going on with his leg and the discomfort he's feeling. And he's taking that time and just being honest with him so they can properly evaluate him and get him on the court um, when he's at 100%. Yeah, you kind of wondered – you know, if he re-aggravated it, should they have maybe kept him not playing for a longer stretch earlier? Because there were, 
there was that early season schedule where it just seemed like the Rockets mm -hmm. were barely playing. And so there was a longer point between games because once you get to this point in the season and him missing like the last two weeks is now the Rockets seem like they're just playing. I think it's like some something crazy, like 57 games in 30 days. So it's almost like every other day that this mm -hmm. stretch that they, they have later in the season. So, you know, that's the thing, but man, I just, I miss him so much. I mean, we miss him. We do. He is the, the the definition of hustle and grit. And we definitely need that. We need that swag with our team. And him coming off the bench is perfect in terms of he's going to attack. He's coming in. He's seen what's going on, on the, what's happening in the first few minutes. He's able to come in and make an immediate impact. That's a benefit to that. And we miss him. The steals, the pressure. The occasional threes that he that he's hitting, of course, those offensive rebounds and putbacks. I mean, this guy's just relentless, and there's we don't have another version of him. There is no other Tari. He is one of my favorite players. I mean, he's it's like one A and one B between him and Jabari and Apron Shingun. And I mean, I have like a few favorites to be honest, but of course, Jabari was my number because I wanted him so badly, and he <laughs> and he actually was. We we did pick him. And I see, I watch him and Tari, those two, I feel like a like one A and one B as far as my number ones. Um, yeah, and, and those I, two, I, I mean, and those two need to be, because we didn't see this with Silas at all. Tari and Jabari seem to just feed off of each other and they need to play more yes. together. Now that is something I would love to see. Um, if that could happen, if we don't see Tate at all, I know that is a sore subject with a lot of fans, the fact that Tate has been playing in, in replacement of Dylan. Tate, is serviceable at times, but right his size and um and his lack of offense is not something we can overcome. We can't yeah overcome that. And yeah. when we have inconsistent scoring from others in our starting lineup, you need uh, uh, uh someone coming off the bench like him and maybe Tari that we know is gonna get us in Jeff, Uncle Jeff of course. I don't want to overlook him, Uncle Jeff. Those are the contributors off our strongest contributors off the bench. In terms of offense, if we really want to be a competitive team and make it in the play in and, you know, stay out of the uh, bottom 11, 12 race, we're going to have to get solid contributions from everyone that comes on the court. And I don't feel like we're getting enough of Tate to justify him getting any minutes. Uh, Cam absolutely should get those minutes. Yeah, no, I think, when, I think when everybody's healthy, trust mm -hmm. me, Jay Sean Tate's minutes will disappear because Cam, I feel like that that is officially over with at this point so um it's just getting those guys you know you just you got to get the guys healthy and that's why you know you have to have more depth and you know hopefully they're going to add some guys at the trade deadline so you're not we need a having, big and Jay we need Shen, a yeah, yeah i mean everybody knows the fact that we need a big and we could use you know definitely maybe another wing guy you know you everybody you know rockets fans and nba fans it's like when you're looking at your team everybody's oh we got too many guys we have 11 or 12 or 13 we can't play all these guys get hurt and you want to have true. 11 or 12 or 13 guys and as long as the guys that are the back end of that group understand mm -hmm. that they're going to be in and out based on injury then you're good but i don't wish injury on anybody but there are a, a lot of guys i would rather see or tarries and it's just like that's a fact, and I and I just want him out there. I mean, he, that's a, so frustrating. But um, thanks so much for doing this, Maya. It was good talking to you. Great to catch up with you. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. 
Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.